Once more, Jesus visited Cana in Galilee, where he had turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. When this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come and heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. While he was still on the way, his servants met him with the news that his boy was living. When he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, Yesterday, at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. And the father realized that this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, Your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. This was the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. This is from John chapter 4, 46 through 54, I believe. Yep, to the end of the chapter. And this is the Gospel reading that goes along with this epistle reading in the one-year lectionary. So in the, uh, in the lectionary that we have in the Book of Common Prayer, for instance, uh, if you can... Uh, yeah, it's too bright. Yeah, it's the, the reading from Ephesians 6, and then it is this text. That, that, that fits together for, for that. And I, and I do that just because it's a lot easier for me just to carry this around and, and use it as one of my resources, because I already do already, uh, than to try and find something else. And so this is the text that is used in part because number one in Ephesians 6, we're being called on to be, be clothed in the armor of God, to be clothed in trust, to be clothed um, in Jesus, to, to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil, uh, to, to be able to have a faith that holds on to God in all that he does for us, um, whether he does it for us the way we want him to or not. Well, here we have another picture of a similar faith that we're called to. You know, he goes to Cana, where he had performed his parlor trick, right? Water to wine. And then a royal official hears about him. Now this royal official could be a Jew that, that was in the service of Herod or, or one of his family members in, in one of those places. He, he could be a, a Roman official. It could be quite a, many different things. I, I tend to stand on the, on the side of that he was a bigwig in the Jewish community. And so he went to Jesus. And he begs him to come and heal his son, who is close to death. Now, first of all, that's just a picture in and of itself, right? You have a royal official who should have everything, all the money, all the glory, all the glamour, all the, all the, the clothes, the, the fast cars, the beautiful women, the, the pools, the, the big house, uh, all these things. A doctor at every beck and call. And he should be able to heal his son, but he can't. He can do everything else, but he can't save someone from death, right? He can't, there, there's certain things that he just can't do, which is something that we learn quite often, isn't it? And so it's this picture for us of going, well, if this royal official had to go and depend on Christ for something, then I wonder for me, how does that work for me? But then he comes and he begs Christ, and Christ doesn't give the best answer. Unless you people see signs and wonders, you will never believe. 
unless you see parlor tricks. You won't trust that I am who I say I am. You won't trust the promise of God that comes to you in the words of resurrection, that comes to you in the fact that uh, even if your son dies, yet he shall live because of me, saith the Lord. Uh, all these things. And instead, we need to have some sort of parlor trick. And, and I wonder how many of you, just like me, have done that before, where we will say to God, oh God, if you will just do dot, dot, dot. I promise I will not, or I promise I will do such and such. How many times have we done that? That, that, that somehow we need God to do some amazing work in us, some, some parlor trick, some supernatural thing, or else we're not going to believe. That we need to have all the bells and whistles. We need to have all the stuff. We need the lights, we need the cameras, we need the action. We need the fog machine, we need all that stuff. The distortion on the guitars, we need the 3D church, we need all those things. When here you have a dad coming to the Lord of life, coming to Christ, begging him to do the one thing he knows Christ can do, save. And in some ways, I don't think Christ is speaking to this official. I think he's speaking to everyone else around him because he gets welcomed by the Galileans. And, and it says before this passage that we read that they had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival for they also had been there, that they had gloried in all the things that he had done. And in some ways I feel like he's turning around to the crowd and he's saying, unless you see signs, you're not gonna believe. You're not gonna trust that I am who I said I am unless I do these things. And the royal official interrupts him and just says, Sir, come down before my child dies. I don't care about their lack of faith. I don't care about how they treat you. All I know is right now I need from you to do the only thing that I know you can do that I can't do, which is to save. And Christ says, Go, your son will live. And then the next portion of that verse is the most telling. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. And that right there is the calling of faith. We often think of faith as, well, to trust God that he's going to do this. Trust God that he's going to do that. Trust God in this. Trust God in that. That, that we want to trust God. Oftentimes we are called, or, or we think we are called, to trust God uh, at times when he's been silent. When he hasn't spoken. And so life is not going well for us at a certain period of time. And so we get told that we just need to trust God. Let go and let God. All those things. When God has spoken to us, he's offered up to us promises. He can be found in his word, in the words of a good preacher, hopefully, in the promises and his sacraments, in which he offers you to himself. He, he hands over himself to you. 
and hands over these promises in which what he's asking of you is that you'd find him trustworthy, that you'd take him at his word, that if he comes to you and he says, I shall never leave you nor forsake you, that you would trust him. But see, that's the thing. We don't, do we? How often do we not? That's part of the reason why we have to be told the gospel repeatedly. It's part of the reason why we have to hear those promises. It's part of the reason why we read his word. It's part of the reason why we pray to be drawn closer to God, that we beg our faith, our trust in him to grow because of the fact that we tell ourselves that we're going to believe this time and then we don't. Or we get into that transactional model of, well, if God, if you do this, then I'll do that. The, the joy of the, the good news of the gospel, the good news of Christ, the good news of God's promises is that God's promises are already done. They're historical truths that we hold on to. Christ died already. There's a point in history in which we say that cross was occupied by the bloodied and bruised and broken body of the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God, Son of David. And so all those promises in Christ have happened already. And so we trust, and the goal is to grow our trust in the fact that he's done it already. And there's going to be times in which we go after other things. There's going to be times in which we cling to other things. But it doesn't negate the fact of what Christ has done. It doesn't negate the fact of what it is that God is continuing to do in the world, through Christ, in you, through you. And so when you come to church, and maybe you hear the old, old story all over again, well, there's a reason for that, because we're going to forget it. We're going to find something else more attractive. And so the call for us, church, is to have the Spirit invade us, to do His work in us, that we might be able to cling to this promise of God that exists, whether we believe it or not. It doesn't rely on our faith. Instead, we rely on God to continually be faithful to the fact that what he did, he's going to continue to do so we can take him at his word. May that be so in and among us, that we might receive pardon, we might have peace, and a quiet mind. Let us pray. Grant, we beseech thee, merciful Lord, to thy faithful people pardon and peace, that they may be cleansed from all their sins and serve thee with a quiet mind through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, church, go in peace. Serve the Lord. We'll see you Sunday.